Hello, I'm Hillary Clark, founder of Hillary Clark Beauty Products. What I love most about beauty is helping people become their own expert in both skincare and makeup. Because the way that we present ourselves to the world empowers us to be who we want to be in the world. From New York City, you're listening to Beauty Is Your Business, covering the intersection of innovation and business in the beauty industry. Welcome to Beauty Is Your Business. I'm Denise Dente, and I am here with Hillary Clark. And what we are buzzing about today is this idea of an insider's view of beauty. So we're thrilled to have Hillary on the show. Welcome, Hillary. Oh, thank you for having me. I am absolutely delighted to be here with both of you. And I'd also like to welcome, obviously, my co-host, Jessica Quick. Hi, Jess. Hey, Denise. Hey, Hillary. We are definitely excited to jump into some deeper conversations with you. It's such a robust background. Like you said, even esthetician and makeup artist, but even from that knowledge base, the fact that you come from buying and the fact that you come from behind the counter and working with consumers to find what would be best in their makeup bag. I think there's some unique information and knowledge that you will be able to share with us today. And I look forward to learning something new. Oh my gosh, it's my pleasure to share with you. I do. I have a unique background in beauty. I grew up in a beauty family, so it's always been in my blood. And it's always been something that I was doing behind the scenes before I was ever doing it professionally. So in my earliest opportunities to do so, I was working in the counter level as a counter manager for Shiseido, which is where I really fell in love with facial massage, lymphatic drainage, really taking care of the tissues of the skin. And from there, grew into the beauty director role where I was an educator and was able to really dive into every single brand on that floor. And of course, as an educator, you then have to go to school and you have to study. So to become a beauty director and be able to empower the people on the sales floor to meet each of their individual goals with all of their counters, as well as the event goals for Nordstrom, we spent a lot of time going to our classes and courses with every single one of the different brands. So I was able to learn the ethos and the DNA of so many different companies and corporations and how they blended skincare and color. But at the same time, we were required to spend at least 10% of our time with our clients on the floor. So that's where I was very first able to work with a woman who brought me all of her makeup and all of her skincare in a bucket, a bag, a suitcase with wheels sometimes and have her sit with me and say, what do I do? You know, a half help me and a half challenge of don't you dare give me something else that I don't need. And from there, my passion for helping women cut through the noise and sort out what was best for them was born. And I've been able to carry that through my career with Sephora.com, with my own private atelier, Blush Beauty, and even now with Beauty Hack. It's been an ongoing theme. That's what, when we've been talking about having you on the show, we really love this idea that you come from the very heart and the base of the beauty business. You mentioned your family being in the beauty business and beauty entrepreneurs. Tell us a little about that. Oh, it's exciting. You know, it all started with my grandmother who was on a mission to solve my grandfather's acne. 
And my grandmother was the very first female lingerie buyer for a department store in Northern California. She also sat on their board. And at the time, lingerie and skincare were intermingled. You know, they were both unmentionables, if you will. So she did, you know, dabble in skincare because she was buying for lingerie and the two did cross paths. So she became fixated on skincare, solving a problem, which she did. And my mother and my aunt both grew up in the industry. And to this day, my aunt has had her own studio for over 35. She might even be at 40 years now. So my cousins, my mother, you know, everyone has always been involved in beauty. And for example, my mother was my model when I took my esthetician exam. So we are through and through involved in each other's businesses, and they are the first ones to try new formulas before I test them on our lovely clients and models and friends and <laughs> celebrity clients. So it's really wonderful because no one is going to be as honest with you, I think, as your family, particularly when they've been in the industry as well. They're my toughest critics, but also my strongest allies. So you already have a built-in network, which one of the things that we have talked about a lot on this show is just the importance of succeeding in this industry relies on having a network of strong advisors that you can trust that won't just tell you yes, but will also tell you what you need to hear when you need to hear it. And it's so reassuring to know that you were able to pull that from your family. It's a true beauty insider story is really what you're laying out for us. So I really appreciate you stepping through that with us. And I'm definitely curious. So you're behind the counter, you're working with clients and customers. And then how did you then jump to, I definitely want to get some product into the market. I see a need to have something like beauty hack. What was that catalyst that got you into the market? That's a great question, Jessica. Thank you. It was really my frustration with sitting with countless women that came to me and they were overwhelmed. You know, as I said, I've worked with thousands of women one-on-one -on -one over two decades, and I found consistently that they were overserved, yet they were underserviced. They were given all of these things, but not all of them were necessarily meeting their expectations. And I don't mean that to discount any other brands. I have a love affair with other beauty brands, other founders, but sometimes there's so much noise and so much information, especially when people are following multiple people on TikTok and YouTube and Instagram and everywhere else. And what I found, one of the biggest problems was inflammaging. And this is accelerated aging caused by chronic inflammation, which happens when you layer or cocktail so many pro-inflammatory products. So for a very long time there, people were doing, you know, these elaborate 10-step skincare routines, and they were being told that, you know, you want to use your AHA here and your BHA here, and then you want to use your vitamin A at night, your vitamin C during the day. And people were coming to me and telling me, Hillary, water hurts my skin. I was working as an esthetician for a company that was online. So we were able to work with women across the country. And that was a really interesting way for me to take my esthetician background and really bring it into a larger audience and really take the pulse of what women were experiencing. This is one of the things that kept coming up over and over again is I'm confused and they also were under the impression that if it didn't burn, if it didn't sting, if it didn't hurt, if it didn't tingle, it wasn't working. 
And one of the things that I have learned from so many of my mentors over the years that have been so generous with their time and with their education with me is how important inflammation is in skin health. And this is something that Dr. Paracone taught me very, very early on, is that inflammation is always present when there's a sign of disease, either clinical disease or just the feel of dis-ease in the skin. And when your skin is in a pro-inflammatory state chronically, it cannot maintain its microbiome, it cannot repair itself, and it can't generate collagen and elastin just to its normal functions. So we got so invigorated as an industry in telling people what they needed to be doing to use all of these different fancy acids and cocktail and layer that sometimes the consumer went overboard because let's face it, we do think if a little is good, maybe a lot is better. So I wanted to find a way, and on that note as well, and maybe we can pause and go into this. One of the things that I noticed associated with inflammation is that we're seeing a rise in sensitive skin and reactive skin. So people are not getting the benefits of some of these great actives. They're doing more harm than good. So I wanted to put the brakes on that and find a way to give women the results that they want, the benefits that they're looking for in formulas that are going to be gentle. So in so doing, I found that there's a unique biocompatibility and a bioactivity with natural ingredients, how they can calm and soothe their anti-inflammatory but they can also boost the efficacy of clinical cosmeceuticals. So I became very fascinated with how we can take your vitamin C esters, your peptides, some of your retinols, retinol-like ingredients, and how we can deliver those into the skin in a way where it can receive it and acknowledge it because phytonutrients do have different responses and they do stimulate different responses in our skin and they open, if you will. They're receptive to those. And then we can sneak in some of those cosmeceuticals without doing harm. Hillary, you have such a deep knowledge of the skin and of beauty. But as we pivot into the business side of this, we notice that with your products that you have now, we found it interesting that it's really a tool and a product all in one. And right now, tools are definitely on the rise and a trend. Tell us a little bit about how you came up with this concept of marrying the tool with the actual product. And right now you have two SKUs. So you're really working your products into someone's regime. But your formats for us were really interesting and timely. Yes. Again, it comes from my inspiration and truly my drive to do the most for a woman with the least amount of products. So going way, way back to my early 20s and working with Shiseido, I was able to work very closely with Japan. And I keep going back to facial massage, lymphatic drainage, and microcirculation. When I'm on set with one of my celebrity clients, I'm always massaging the skin with my hands with a tool. If it's fashion week behind the scenes in New York, you're seeing models that have done three and four, five, six days or weeks of shows, depending on the cycle. And getting that into their routine really helps to prep and enliven the skin. So when I saw tools coming into the marketplace a number of years ago, I thought this is fantastic because from the inside out, 
we're helping to support a woman's skin and the health of her skin. Lymphatic drainage is part of your circulatory system. It goes hand in hand. So I was excited when I saw them. And then as you know, I started incorporating them and I've had them myself, I realized, you know, how often do we really pick up that roller? How often do we really pick up that gua sha? How often do we take the time for self-care? And it's not that often. So I thought, well, why not attach two of my favorite things, the very best skincare that I could possibly make for a client attached to a tool that's going to be very, very good for her. And that's how well we came to utilize our rollers. I wanted something that was flat rather than domed because the dome can actually create a pressure point and trap fluid in the skin, whereas the big, wide, flat steel roller is very cooling because it's steel. It's also cleaner because it can't trap dead skin, sebum, makeup, skin. It's much more hygienic. It's flat. It's more effective. And for the eye, it goes 360. So it gives you a self-care moment while you're just applying your serum. So you can do it while you're walking around the house, when you're doing anything. You can't help but smile when you feel a roller on your skin. Especially, like you said, that steel cold, it feels just refreshing. And I giggle a little bit because I'm thinking, gosh, just sitting on a podcast, you know, <laughs> doing my eye treatment. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I do. It's crazy. And I catch myself sometimes on Zooms and I think, oh, gosh, <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> You shouldn't be doing this. I love it. And for our audience, definitely take a look at Beauty Hack HAC. You can see what the product looks like because we're actually watching Hillary right now apply as we speak, which is definitely fun. Hillary, walk us through. So it is two products that you came to market with. And so, you know, we kind of touched on obviously with your understanding of what consumers were thinking and needing and really how could you service them better without overpromising? What was it about these two serums? Talk us a little bit through why these two and then why they're a good add into the regimen that most women usually have in their skincare. Sure. So I wanted to create products that would be multi-beneficial and multifunctional. So multitasking serums. So I set out to find chemists that would believe in this project as much as I did. And the path that that took me down was really interviewing and what I like to call dating laboratories, dating labs, dating chemists. I prepared incredibly detailed briefs from the consumer perspective. So I wrote to the chemist as if I were the consumer. This is what I would like for it to feel like. This is the experience I want to have. This is what I want it to do for me. And because we are direct to consumer, I did have a lot more freedom with my budgets and I'm unwilling to compromise. So taking this approach isn't necessarily for everyone. And for a small brand, it can be difficult to find a lab that or a chemist that will work with you. I was diligent and maybe a little crazy but I've been able to find a number of chemists that are very interested in working on this kind of a project that said, you know what, we do want to take that on. So it was a really important for me to find those different people. And we are working on some different things as well. I do work as a matchmaker between the chemist and the formula because it is important to me that they're passionate about it. And I've been very, very lucky that way. So Rather than just throw the kitchen sink at things and say, you know, let's put things in one of the stock bases and just add ingredients, which a lot of people do, and that's perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with taking that route and doing more of a enhanced 
stock formula. But for me, I knew that wasn't right because I felt so strongly about using bioavailable bases. So we don't have any cosmetic fillers. You're going to see go to Kula, which is Centella Azotica. It's great for soothing, for wound healing. Those are in a base of snow mushroom, which is like nature's hyaluronic acid. It's actually five times more potent than hyaluronic acid and has a vitamin D and vitamin B. So it's also considered nature's band-aid. So aloe vera, all of the algaes, the bases are what one of my chemists says. She's like, well, this is like a cocktail of all of your niche luxury ingredients. She says, just your bases alone could be the product, but then you've gone in and you've put the actives in there. So that's exactly what I wanted it to do. I wanted them to be six in one if possible. So I wanted them to have vitamin Cs. I wanted them to have a retinol replacement, which is the Bacacha oil. We also have our peptides. We have a number of very sophisticated exfoliation system and a multi-layered humectant system that includes different humectants that help to hydrate the skin at different molecular levels. And then, of course, our tools. So we're going to prevent, correct, brighten, tighten. We're going to lighten. And there's also a color corrective element in each. So the one for the neck face has a very subtle, natural green tone to it. So it's going to help to cancel out any redness on the skin. It's also going to reflect light because we have mycelized minerals in that. And the eye, it has this wonderful apricot, if you will, undertone, a little bit of pink, a little bit of orange, just enough that you'll often see in a pro makeup artist palette when she's trying to color correct under eye dark circles. So this is going to cancel out the blue and the purple under the eyes while also brightening up because we have light reflecting minerals in there. So I really set out to say, you know what, if you're a woman or a man or anybody that has skin and has a medicine cabinet, I know that you've probably put a lot of time and energy into choosing your products. You've invested money, you've invested time, you've invested hopes, and you really want products to work for you. So I wanted to add two things that could fit into anyone's skincare routine at any point in their life, because these have ingredients that are going to work for someone that is in their late 20s to early 30s and they want to prevent it's going to work for somebody a little bit later that's looking to correct, and it's going to work for anyone in between. And it's also compatible for every skin type. So I really wanted to give someone something that they could say, you know what, this is going to work for me. This is going to make my skin better no matter what I use it with. I really love this idea for travel because that's when I want to pare down my skincare routine in particular is trying to travel with all of this product and all of the tools and so forth is difficult. So I also think that you're really onto something from a travel perspective. And the fact that it's color corrected, right? So even when you think getting off the plane or stepping out, maybe you haven't slept because your schedule is off and now you get a little bit more of that freshness, your, you know, the under eyes, you get to correct a little bit. So it definitely, I agree with Denise, there is a travel feeling to these products too. Yes. You know, it's funny. I do. I get lots of photos and lots of phone calls from people when they're traveling. And especially when our pro makeup artists are doing the shows overseas or when they're on set, they're like, okay, I need three sets. I need this for my talent. I need it for myself. So there is a travel element. It's definitely worked its way into the core cornerstone of 
many, many beauty routines. And considering what's going on economically with some of that uncertainty, being able to pare back a little bit is great, but we do play well with others. So you can still use all of your favorite products and if they're only going to be enhanced, the efficacy will only be boosted. So I never want to take your favorite things. I am curious, Hillary, you mentioned that these products have a lot of USPs from the packaging, color correction, all of the ingredients. That can be a challenge really on two fronts. One, trying to find a manufacturer and hitting the minimum quantities. That's always a challenge. The other challenge seems to be, how do you communicate all of those unique benefits to the consumer? Because trying to get awareness is always a challenge. So I think that that's where my single question comes from is, how do you go about educating the consumer on all the different aspects of this product and the USPs? Because that is always a challenge. You're absolutely right. That is one of the things that we're learning and we're growing with as we roll out our marketing. And we're finding which audiences hear different benefits And we find that having more of an education platform and sharing with people in a very genuine manner is much better than positioning a whole list of benefits or a whole list of problems. It resonates a little bit more with them to communicate real world, real life benefits to really say, you know, your skin's going to look better. It's going to feel better. And you can address the five signs of aging plus, you know, have the benefits of a tool. We're learning and we're discovering, and this is, Beauty Hack is a COVID baby. So we experienced so many of the challenges during that time, but we've also had the opportunity to really connect with our consumer and with our audience and learn a lot along the way. It makes total sense. I want to circle back to with your robust background in retail and really understanding how the retailer thinks. I mean, from the buying standpoint where you were there and obviously as an editor for Sephora.com and really, you know, that's the world you grew up in. And then you develop a brand. And as of today, it's very D2C focused. Curious, I would love to understand, is that intentional? Do you see yourself moving into bricks and mortar or you know, really, why did you go so heavy for D2C knowing how many connections and network that you had available in the retail space? So that was very thoughtful for me. I did not want to introduce just another product into the industry. I didn't want to just put another thing on the shelves and not actually touch the client and the consumer when I did this. I still call our consumers clients. I don't think that's ever going to change. I didn't want to just throw another thing into the industry, which is also while these are so thoughtfully curated as just two products. And I had thought long and hard about when and if I introduced something to the industry, how I might do that. And I love our retailers. Hello, everyone out there. I love and support them. I've decided that I'm able to work more closely and more intimately on the D2C platform. And I had the good fortune of working with partners that are experts in online digital marketing. So my intent is to really simplify the beauty industry with problem-solving products at work, not to make more noise. And that's why I chose partners that are digital marketing experts. And they have had an impact of over a half a billion dollars in beauty since 2003. So it gave me the opportunity to communicate with my consumer very directly 
And in what we still consider to be our soft launch, we have had wild success. I wanted to see, are women going to like the rollers? Are they going to feel like, oh my gosh, I really feel comfortable using one product that could potentially solve six different concerns. And after having a nice period of time and, you know, women vote with their wallets and we're already, you know, seeing the success in seven figures and a very high return and a very loyal client. So I'm seeing that we are on a roll. <laughs> that's, that's funny. <laughs> I just realized, I just realized how funny that is. <laughs> oh gosh. You really are on a roll. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. Hopefully they won't pick that up and run with that one. Cause that's just too cheesy. I can't allow that. And you know, that's one of the things that we work on too, is how do we satisfy, you know, the traditional direct to consumer model without being in your face, like, ugh direct to consumer. And a lot of that is just the relationship building and talking with people like they're my girlfriends. Cause I still feel like every one of our clients or every one of our customers is my client sitting across from me in my atelier that I, and I'm handing this person, these products, I still speak to them that way. And I still feel very strongly, which is why I won't compromise on ingredients or sourcing or anything else. I think that's what feels so authentic about this brand and you Hillary is as I ask the question and hear you answer, I'm like, obviously that makes total sense for who you are because you come from the space of being in close contact with people, whether it's the esthetician side and touching them physically or whether it's advising them on their product, it's a very one-on-one -on -one relationship that you seem to thrive on. So it makes total sense that your business is going to lean into that and be built off of this D2C direct contact with the consumer. And I find that really interesting. Denise and I work with a lot of clients and brand founders and everything. And I think one of the keys to success, right? Because we try to sit back and go, what made this brand succeed? Why did this one fail? And for us, it definitely always comes back to, is it authentic to that founder? Is it in the DNA, literally, of who they are? And that's where I can see Beauty Hack absolutely hits the mark because it really showcases you and what you get passionate about. And so that's really fun to see. Thank you. Thank you. And it allows us to scale. It really does allow us to get as big as we want to be, but still give people the very small, intimate touch of feeling like they're part of our group. And I am thinking and talking to a few people about very select retail opportunities. They will be with very niche, very boutique small physical footprints, larger digital footprints, but places where I feel we will, we could potentially have a good home and a larger audience. So I am definitely not turning my back on retail, but I'm being very, very selective about who we continue to work with. I think that makes a lot of sense. Finding success and then figuring out how to navigate the path. And particularly now as the landscape of retail changes, and carving your own path and finding your own way. Because of your background and working with brands, both on the consumer side, as well as for organizations like Nordstrom and Sephora, and now having your own brand, what are some of the nuggets of knowledge, those pieces of advice that if you're a brand out in the audience listening, what are some just wild great nuggets of knowledge that you can pass along to other brand founders? Oh, I would say if you feel something 
strongly burning in your heart and burning in your soul, and you have a conviction about something, if it's formula, if it's distribution, if it's sourcing, if it's materials, if it's support, don't give it up just because someone says, you can't do that. That's crazy. Or it's not done. Or no one will support you in that. Really look to other people, ask other people in the industry, and don't give up because that's how we change the industry. That's how we grow, evolve, and that's how the industry continues to get better and better. And I've been on the Wild West side of things most of my career. So even when I was employed by other people, we were always encouraged to treat it like our own business. If it was the Sephora model as a beauty director, that was a new crazy wild program. When I was recruited to Sephora.com, this was before the website launched. Nobody knew how to shop for beauty online. So that was wild. I've always heard over and over, well, it's not done. We don't do it that way. And I always think, gosh, but aren't we so much better when we figure out a way to do exactly that? That's how we became sustainable. That's how we've started being responsible in our sourcing. That's how we've started doing so many things that just weren't done before. And supporting each other with referrals. I'm always happy to help other entrepreneurs. And I'm so grateful when they help me with a contact, a lead, or some information. It's invaluable what we can do for each other as other founders. And we aren't competing with each other because there's enough room out there. Even in an uncertain market, we are going to hit you know, the heartstrings of a consumer or be able to meet their needs differently. And I think the more collaborative we are, the better we can be as an industry. Everybody, right? And that is definitely the vein. I feel like this last year, more than anything, is that message has come loud and clear. And I love that you also reiterate because it seems to be the number one thing. If you can find a way to be collaborative and support each other, we're actually not in competition. We There's a huge marketplace out there and your ideas and thoughts are welcomed. Who knows what someone may bring to the table that you go, oh, we should do it that way. You're right. We can, here's how I can help you. And it's a really warming feeling to know that this industry has grown to be so much more inclusive and collaborative. Hillary, I thank you so, so much for your words of wisdom. On the note of collaboration, if any of our listeners wanted to reach out to you directly or get in touch with you, how would you recommend that they find you? I'm going to give you my email. I know that might seem wild, but I'm happy to give you my email. I am always interested in connecting with other founders. And it is Hillary, H-I-L-L-A-R-Y, at beautyhack.com. B-E-A-U-T-Y-H-A-C.com. And Beauty Hack stands for Holistic and Clinical. So no K. Well, thank you so much, Hillary, for being on the show. We really appreciated all your background and your knowledge and learning about the products. And we're anxious to see where you take this brand and where you go from here. And we do plan to stay in touch. So thank you so much for being on the show. And if you want to keep buzzing with us, head on over to buzzbeauty.com. This has been Beauty Is Your Business, produced by Mouth Media Network, copyright 2021. Keep in touch on Instagram and Facebook at Mouth Media Network and find prior episodes at beautyisyourbusiness.com and wherever the best podcasts are found. Your brand message can be on this show. Email us to find out more at podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com. Thank you for listening.